0: Hey, I'm Brian Hyatt, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. Today we have live in the studio, sitting right across from me, uh, <laughs> Mr. Wayne Coyne
1: from the Flaming Lips, All right. here to talk about many, many things. Welcome, Wayne. All right. Here I am. Here now, you are. Suddenly, suddenly, now it feels like uh, a real show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> before just, we were just, just talking. Just before,
1: I thought, I don't know if this... It's going to work today, and then, <laughs> and then it's something happens, and now it feels. It's it's, yeah. it's the theme. It's the theme
0: song, really. Yeah. Uh, and, and I I have to say that you know that our our listening audience cannot see your amazing sneakers, which are I, I guess what was sort of a pinkish purple kind of
1: situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is that? I know there there must be a word for that. I, I think there was. It's Fuqua or something like that. Is that is that a is that a fuchsia? fuchsia. There fuchsia. you go. But um. <laughs> Someone got these for me, who wears these type of. Um,
0: isn't it? Um, what? What are Nikes? Yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, they're they're very comfortable. I have to say. Yeah. I mean, they have a they have a pad in there that's really great. And and he got them for me. And I was a naysayer. And mm. I thought, yeah, I don't, that I don't know if that's my style. <laughs> and then I put them on, and everywhere I went, I mean, we're you know, you must see shoes all the time. And I walked in here, and you're like, those are great shoes. So yeah, I was I was wrong. Yeah, they uh, they, they work they work for me actually. They they work for you and they work for me looking at them. Oh, so well, thank you.
0: That, yeah. This is of course all we're going to be talking about is these sneakers. So settle in. Well, there you uh, go. Uh, no, yeah. I mean,
1: but they're worth it. I mean, they yeah. they really are that great. Yeah, and you don't. It, I don't see very many people wearing this this kind anyway. So maybe mm. that's why it. it, it, yeah, it
0: yeah, no yeah. They can color and yeah, yeah, they contrast nicely with the the gray jeans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a with a, a ripped out uh, knee in the left the left knee i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah so. my,
1: my my i i have um all my pants um after about two years of wearing them have this, the exact same tear spots. Huh. I know something could be learned about my lifestyle. It's like this <laughs> knee, not this knee. Interesting. My keys always wear a hole. I have this little, usually I'm wearing my key ring and it right. wears a hole by my pocket. Huh. And I've got this one by my butt back here. Every huh. pair I wear is the exact same thing. Yeah. And
0: then I, you know, I have to say, I, you know, not that I'm looking, but there's also some sort of like planetary system going on there, in your sort of crotch there region is. there. Yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: there is yeah i've got these little these little puffy glued on balls that would be right where my my you know (laughs) genitals would be underneath my pants yeah and i'm the only one that has it yeah yeah, that is yes
0: for sure and there are there are at least two smiley faces on your on your sweater there Um, is well we you know we've
1: been on tour and been on the tour bus and yeah there's always a lot of things that get you know attached to you yeah 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 (laughs) It's
0: it's a thing that happens, um, so you know it, it's it's funny. I was going back through discography, and uh, one thing that occurred to me is, if you took the very young Wayne Coyne, late '80s, early '90s Wayne Coyne, and played him your new album Oxymelody, Melody, uh, which is uh, you know you it's it's always hard to put it, but but you know minimalist, electronic driven. Um, utterly different of course than what you were doing early on if you pl- if you played that album for a young wayne what what do you think you would would have thought of it
1: um well, I mean if you go too young that that sound would just be so so bizarrely futuristic i'm sure the young Wayne would have said like man that's that's cool what is that i want I want to see what how I can do that and and um for stereo systems back you know even in the mid eighties that low end that we've achieved on this. New, yeah. The buzzing new album, the,
0: the kind of synth it, it, for the people who haven't heard us, the a,
1: a buzzing synth bass yeah, sound that
0: you kind of attack and, us with. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's like the loudest, uh, it's, it's, it, it probably is, it, you know, if we were able to measure, it's probably one of the loudest bass frequencies that's, that's out there in the world, you know, just now I probably would have said, wow, you know, that bass is insane. How are you doing that? I probably would have had a lot of questions from my older, my older self. Like, how are you doing this? Yeah. Why did you, know. you break my stereo? Yeah. Would be yeah, that, it, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, early <laughs> on, we would we would try that. Um, cause we would have records that would do that, you know, they would start off like really quiet and then something yeah. very dynamic would come in and you go, Oh man, you know, it's yeah. And you, you know, cause we would always have our stereos blasted yeah. as far as they would go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think I would have, um, I think I would have liked it. I mean, I think there is, um, you know, the flaming Lips have always been, um you know we're drawn to that song that emotional song yeah. there's a side of us that rejects that and then we get you know uh weird and, and noisy and whatever but you know that the 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 song and the emotional you know thing that happens um i think i think our younger selves would have especially loved that you know that that thrill you get when a when a crescendo of a melody kind of you know foretells itself um totally i used to get uh, you know chills you know listening to certain songs uh knowing oh this thing is is, is going to happen um i think i wore that chill uh response out from listening to songs so much but i think you know when you're young that that build is 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 uh you know i mean there's only music can do that you know so um i think i probably would have said bravo yeah <laughs> <laughs> and would you would you have recognized it as the same flaming lips that were in the the early 90s? Well, I mean, I think, you know, when we first started, if someone would have said, um, you know, you're going to still be doing this, you know, 35 years from now, (laughs) I would have been, I said, no, no way. I mean, come on. That seems like, why would we want to? I I think, you know, back, back then, we were very... Much, you know, introverted, you know, it's mm. and 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 the idea that you would have to, you know, making records and and putting them out and all that is it, for us back then was such a you know, an embarrassing kind of other world to us. We loved making them, but mm. then the idea that you had to go out there and <laughs> present them to the world and and fight for them and do all this other stuff, um. I think that's why we made so many records, you know, as soon as we could, we would retreat back and make more of them. Um, I think we would not have wanted to to believe that we were still going to be doing this 35 (laughs) years later. Um, And that we would have you know, that we are going to evolve. I think when you're making the record that you're making feels absolutely like this is what you want to do and you'll do this forever and you love it and you're Mm. in love with it and all that. And then, you know, in time um, something else comes up and you move on. But I don't think you, you want to think that when you're in the throes of, making you know you don't want to think oh this is just another stepping stone another planet that we're visiting and we're going to visit thousands of them you know you always think no this is this is the truth this is us you know we've arrived you know and Mm. but um yeah so i probably would have said um you know whatever this music is dude i like it but yeah this isn't us (laughs) right right (laughs) but when i look back you know when i go from being you know, the the way we are now and look back at the younger Flaming Lips, I always, always just absolutely love it and I can't very much remember why it got the way it got and I think that's the source of most of, uh, you know, your anxiety and embarrassment about your newest stuff, you know, because you you kind of know, oh, I, it was this way and then it went that way and you always feel a little uncertain about its meaning to you but, um, after about six or seven years, all that seems to drift away. And of course we have records that are, you know, go back to the early eighties. And I I really have very little, no emotional connection to Mm -hmm. how it got made, you know, very little, you know, of, of anything, unless I'm sitting around with people that were actually there and they can trigger a few other memories. And I listen to it and I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And sometimes I hear it. Um, and I I'd, I'd have to be convinced that it's actually us. Right. And, you know, it, it would have been a song that we would just have worked on that day in the studio. It wouldn't have been something that we wrote and considered or played a bunch after that. Some of our music, um, you know, we've spent a lot of time making it and we play it virtually every night. So it's always with us. But some of it is just music that we make up on the spot. And you never think about it again. Mm.
0: Uh, I was going to ask Matt to maybe play uh, Sunrise Eyes of the Young which is sort of the title track of, of Oxymelody in in a sense yeah, yeah mm-hmm. cuz part of Oxymelody means eyes of the young and sort of in Polish is that the
1: <laughs> it it no it it ac- it actually does I okay. mean we're saying it as as yeah Oxymelody but I did talk to uh, a woman when we were in Copenhagen whose first language was was Polish and she said um it's the 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 cz is is kind of a <laughs> you know, and of course if you're Polish that is a lot easier to 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 say you know I don't think my mouth wants to move that way and then the the melody the m l part of it is is like a mm. is like a w sound so the whole thing is is very awkward if we're actually gonna um, you know say it as as if a Polish person was but I I never. I thought of it that way. I always thought of it uh, as just a it's just as a great sounding couple of nonsensical words, and though it means something, actually means something. I thought that's amazing. But the part of it that we really loved was that it, it, it just was this funny sounding, nonsensical thing. I've could have sort of explained it that it could be one of the characters from Star Wars. You know, he's like a lizard, but he drives a spaceship and <laughs> speaks English and all that. Yeah, you know Admiral Oxymolodi. General <laughs> totally, Oxymalodi. <yeah>. <laughs> totally. Yes.
0: Yes. So do we do we have that? Yeah let's let's see so
1: gladness. The
0: electronics that and people have used the word ambient. People have used, it, you know, but the electronics that that sort of um, pervade this album—that uh, was also a kind of a characteristic of, of your last album—used somewhat differently. So, but where do these sounds come from for you? Are there are there artists you're you're, you're referencing, or where, or or things in the world that that bring you there, or what what what's drawn you to this particular sound right now?
1: Well, I mean, I think um, mostly it's it's probably. Uh, convenience in the beginning (laughs) yeah you know I mean the way that we're sitting in a studio now I mean this this To some people, would still would be considered a big studio. Right now, now that everything you can do can just be on, (laughs) can be on your laptop or on a big hard drive, you know, somewhere over there. And every sound that you may want, you can, you can have it, or you can download it in a couple of seconds and be working with it and all kinds of effects and you know, plugins and all these things. So you know, it probably begins with that. You know, you start doing stuff, and before you know it, you're you're not really working with instruments. Per se, you're working with other pieces of recorded stuff, and you can so, um, you know, willy nilly manipulate virtually any sound to be something different than what it is, um, and all that stuff. I think is is so much fun when you get away from it feeling like it it this is music and music music is played by musical instruments or whatever mm. and when we were doing the um, the Miley Cyrus project the Miley Cyrus Dead and Pets, the Dead yeah. Pets thing yeah. you know i mean part of us was was wanting to to perceive our music or the way that we could make our music in a sense like the way a lot of pop music is made there's a there's a a, a track that kind of has been you know, worked and worked and worked to its maximum likable, you know, hmm. ability, and then it's—I don't know if this actually did done like this, but it—it seems like it's shopped around for a great, you know, uh, you know, exciting, beautiful, crazy pop singer to sure or rapper or someone to be on top of it, and then you blend them together. And and Stephen and I uh, and Dave Friedman and well, we would have we would have talked about this idea of, you know, the singer. You know, would would hear the track, and the track would excite them, and they would do something that you know is is is, is in reaction to hearing the track, and and we would have said like, well, I wish we could do that. I wish yeah. the Flaming Lips could make music, and then Stephen and I could react to it as if we're the <laughs> we're the we're the pop duo that's been given this this exciting thing. So I think we started to kind of work like that. You know, mm. we would we would just start making a track. We still work from songs as well but that sometimes is a very difficult thing because you it's it's hard not to have it set in your mind what you think it's about and you have to kind of just quickly work through that and 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 you know be open to a lot of possibilities but a lot of times we'll, we'll just be working on something that is just music and a track and it has chord sequences and stuff. We don't know exactly where it's going to go. And it gets to a point where I kind of feel like, oh, man, you know, I, now I want to turn this into a song. I kind of know what it could be about. I Now I know what it is saying or whatever. And that's a great new way to work on stuff as opposed to, you know, very early on. Um, we didn't even have a tape recorder before we would go into the studio. Right. You know, the first time we would hear ourselves recorded would be, you know, in, in the actual studio. And, and none of us... Um, back then knew how to read music or anything. It would just be, you know, whatever we thought we made up and tried our best to remember it and hope it went well. And mostly for us, it would go better than what we was were trying to do because it's just kind of happening.
0: Right. Well, one of the cool things, uh, I think, about your early stuff is how you were trying to avoid the small indie sound of records. You were trying to make big professional records that were weird but were
1: big sounding not little tiny tinny indie records right well not as a not because we didn't like those records it was just once we got into the studio you saw all these other things you could do we we never thought and still don't think that we're I mean, I think the way a lot of people perceive musicians are recorded is, um, you know, you're, if you're a singer, well, stand there and sing. I'll put a microphone in front of you and the rest will happen and you, you leave and right. go, go do something more exciting. To whereas we've never been a group where it's like we just play and someone records us and that's it. You know, it's always been a production. We always sort of do stuff. And it's probably just because of what we're interested in, you know. And so even early on, I think we discovered the very first time we got to record um didn't cost that much money and it was just a little a little uh, recording studio that was just at the south the south side of uh, Oklahoma City there and we went down there and recorded and you know we allowed the engineer that was working there to do what he thought sounded best you know and we would we would do all the other stuff but he would get the sounds and then we would kind of um you know uh, suggest or dictate you know what we thought was you know, the things we wanted to overdub and how we would do it and whatever. And then um, we took it home and some of it we liked and some of it we didn't. And I think our great leap into becoming what we were going to be is that we, instead of saying, well, it is what it is, you know, we went back in and we remixed a couple of those songs, which at the time everybody was like, what, what what do you mean? You're going back in there to remix? It's like what what, what is, it just was unheard of that you would remix your songs and do different things to them, and I was I just thought, well, why not? I mean, you know, it's like we didn't we didn't like the way it came out. We didn't have that much time. We now we have some more time. We're going to go back in there and change it. So I think that's the that set in in motion the way we felt like we could do our thing.
0: Right, a much more radical way of doing business, which became the Flaming Lips' way of doing business. So. Uh, We're here with Wayne Coyne, and we're having a far-reaching conversation (laughs) about the Flaming Lips. And we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. I was going through it's a, a print writer's habit I was going through what you're wearing I missed the fact that you have uh, actual um sort of jewels attached to your to your oh yeah little, yeah little sticky jewels yeah, that yeah. I, I put on yeah, yeah yeah I mean
1: we did a show uh just last night and it goes into the night a bit and then I just wake up and feel like oh okay I'm, I'm still I look like me yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hasn't been that much time since we were just yeah on stage doing all this stuff so yeah you why does everybody do it yeah I, I, I know it's actually a good point <laughs> I'm always relieved when I see weirdos walking around doing their own thing. I always, I always try to remember, hey, it's a, it's a definitely a more interesting world if people just get to do what they like, you know, with their fingernails and their hair and things like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. The uh, you you mentioned you mentioned Miley. Um, I, would it be fair to say that your association with Miley Cyrus has been the single most controversial
1: aspect of, <laughs> of, of the Flaming Lips' career? <laughs> at long last yes you know um, I, mean, I think most people that like the flaming lips don't care about the you know the 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 you know kanye kardashian world of like you know you know that sort of intrigue it's mostly about re- you know recording and music and you know and art and stuff like that so um yeah i mean i think it's i think it's it's fascinating that people really do care about that stuff you know but um and i and I can totally understand that you know and and you know previous to working with Miley, we'd worked with um you Kesha. Know, lots of yeah you know but n- no one of her uh you know that's gonna be that you know that uh that visible that you know that that much that you're gonna everybody in the world knows her m- m- probably more than we did you know mm. um but yeah but and then and then to do so much stuff together, I think that's you know. Then that adds to it and all that. But um I think in the end, um well not the end. I mean I think before too long. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think that won't really matter. Yeah. You know, I think um the way that she's I mean, she's already mature, but the way that she'll continue to mature and take chances and be really her own great spokesperson, um yeah, I, I think it's already it's already kind of happened. I think in the way that she's uh, made the record with us, and the way she put it out, and the way that you know, it's all all that is, um, and that's why we love her. I mean, I think anybody that uh, it's it would be easy to think, oh, what what is this stuff? But um, just listen to the records; you'll you'll hear it. Yeah, and all the, yeah. all the other stuff can be you know it, it can be confusing and it can be right or wrong or whatever you think. But if you if you listen to the stuff we've done together, it's just it just blows me away. It feels like it's
0: as much as about Miley Cyrus not being the person that people think
1: she is more than you not being
0: the person that people thought you were, if you know what I mean.
1: (laughs) Well, well, there's a segment of the Flaming Lips audience that I think is going right along with that. You know, then they absolutely would think, oh, yeah, we love Miley for the same reasons you do. And you guys working together doesn't seem that much different from working with Tame and Paula or Nick Cave or Kesha or any of these other people. You know, it's just like another cool person. But there's another segment of the Flaming Lips audience that I think you're right would have had a you know a smaller, contained version of what they liked about what we are about, and this would have been and and I think it probably has a little bit to do with probably how old they are and mm. I can totally understand if you're in your later twenties and part of your earlier twenties was filled up with this miley Cyrus Hannah Montana character um and that was that went against what you thought was it was m- musical or entertaining or or cool or whatever. You know, that's that's stuck with you and you're, you know, and then for the Flaming Lips to be over there, they've always been cool. They've always had these, you know, this this aesthetic that I like and then to throw those together, I think in the beginning to some people that was probably like that. We, we can't deal with that but there are definitely younger people and older people who don't have that much invested in the way they think we are or even in knowing who Miley Cyrus is and so they would just come at it like oh well, well what is this let's listen to it and see that part of it I think really works well and then I think Miley has um some fans who um who you know, as long as she's doing it, they think it's great. It wouldn't matter if she's working with us or, or whoever she wants to work with. So um but there is yeah, there's there's a there's a still a you know, segment of people that just do not think that this should happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate and peanut butter, like how dare you, you know. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it's I think over the last uh, what you know since two thousand and nine, how many however many years? It's been eight years. There's been you, you've made several really great records. Um, well, thank and, you, and, thank and, you. you know, mm-hmm. um, Embryonic is is probably I, I love that well, record. Well, thank you, yeah, yeah. yeah. A freaking wild record. Um, I think at the same time, somehow in this period, I think you've you've come in for a kind of new kind of personal attacks almost on you that 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 weren't there before. I think there's this idea that like, it, and it relates kind of to the my thing. It's like. It's like oh, and I don't see how it's anyone why anyone cares that you you know that you ended a long relationship and all that, but it, it all in people's minds it all comes together and they're like oh Wayne's having
1: a midlife crisis. Have oh, you heard exactly. this idea? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I would say, I mean, I've had a crisis my my whole life. I mean, it's like <laughs> I'm like you're you're exactly right. You know, um, and it's a whole life crisis, but yeah. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I I think all that. Anything that gets away from it, just just being music nerds, which is what you and I are, sure. you know, really anything that gets it away from that, I think is interesting, and, yeah. and and part of what I think has changed. I mean, with me, is that I, you know, talking earlier uh, about the way we were introverted in the early '80s. I mean, part of you part of the way I've dealt with it is I've sort of become an extrovert. One part of me is an extrovert Mm -hmm. and just, that just is like, yeah, I'll just do whatever. I'm just a, you know, whatever the class clown entertainer part of me has to do, um, you know, I'll do it. And, and, and I personally like stupid gossip and stuff like that. I mean, I, I like it too. So, you know, when you're part of it, it's kind of like, um, I don't really, you know, I, I don't take it, um, you know it's, it, it doesn't it doesn't really affect me i mean i understand there's this, like people are allowed to say whatever they want to yeah. say and i am still um you know every day you know 20,000 people say i'm 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 they love me they absolutely love me <laughs> right. and, and about you know a couple thousand people say they hate you and you right. just go oh well that's that's you know it's just the nature of kind of popularity and being out there in the world and you know you being open to it on a human level, is
0: there any truth to the idea? Because it's no shame if it is. Uh, has it been an era of experimentation and then something like a midlife crisis where you wanted to change your life, or is it? I mean, is there any?
1: Are people right to any extent? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I anybody that gets to be uh, you know forty-five and something happens to them, um, especially if you're you know in a long relationship or something. Yeah, I w- I would say, but I don't know if it's, um, I, you know i didn 't get a a different car you know i didn't i didn't really get a different haircut i didn't you know i I already you know i but I did get a few uh, tattoos with miley Cyrus so i mean there's there would definitely be if you were if you were analyzing it from outer space, you might see well part of it is and part of it isn't but i I think it's probably that i'm i 'm um, lucky that I kind of have and that 's not my own doing, but I kind of have this energy that 's mm. you know that like yeah I want to do stuff, and you also have I, freedom because you don't you don't have kids you don 't well that 's the other part of yeah. it i i don 't think a lot of the world would would consider that but yeah i 'm just i 'm kind of living you 're right you know this this great this great you know uh you know unrestricted mature life, and um and no one has stopped me. That's the other part of it, too, you know. Um, I just say, well, why not, you know. And I could see, um, when you see pictures of of, of 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 Miley and my girlfriend Katie and myself together, I mean, we look absolutely out, outrageous and, and like we're... You know, and I could see, I
0: could see what people could think. It prompted sure. your probably your first celebrity sex rumor of your entire career,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, which is impressive to get to that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and it is all, you know, it's it's in the realm of the absurd, which we love. I mean, the very first time that we were able to go to um, the Grammys, you know. Um, one of these little things clicks in your mind, you know, the this, the we think it's stupid and it doesn't have anything to do with music and it's all a popularity contest. All that is, 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 is with us. But the other part of it is, is that it's absurd and it can be fun and ridiculous yeah. and it doesn't really matter. And so I think little by little, we would be open to that part of the music industry or, yeah. or being a slightly popular weirdo group you know mm. that that fun part of it can can be there too and so even when we went to the first um grammys or being part of uh, uh beverly hills 90210 i mean all those <laughs> things if you don't go in there and say uh yeah this is absurd let's let's have fun with it you wouldn't you wouldn't want to do it very long you know it all is kind of embarrassing and it's all kind of you know there's there's some of it is stupid and yeah sure
0: in the end i mean how different is it really than walking on
1: in the space bubble i mean it, it it's all it, exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah and and but i think all that is part of our personality and yeah. would would i think um our music would not be as interesting if if that wasn't there all that stuff that goes into humor and fantasy and ridiculousness um otherwise i I think we would be a a, you know a kind of boring old man group right you know doing our thing you know no compromises it's like um but for me i feel very lucky that (laughs) that those things drifted away and and it's probably because we've done it for a long time i think it's great to have um you know these ideals and and to see if they work for you or not but after about five or six years um especially artistically all that stuff gets a little stale and you know you want something to happen that makes you go oh i'm going that way um because we're such good friends with um sean lennon yeah um we're always reminded of the Complete insane left turn that John Lennon's life took by good point by, yeah by accepting and falling in love with and and believing in Yoko Ono and I think the Beatles music for me was made better for it you know everything about it became like like bizarre and and and, and more mysterious yeah I think you, Lennon reminded me I mean you, you've gone as far
0: as there was a, a shirtless. Uh, a shirtless selfie, I think, on, on Instagram. Uh, you, look, you look good, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. All right, <laughs> very fit. Um, but uh, and then and then there was an incident with a <laughs> an unarmed grenade at the airport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think people combine. I think if I'm I'm trying to think of where things gotten people said i think people were like is wayne okay at that point when the, when those things you well, know, right, you're yeah, and,
1: yeah. and i think we would play into it as well yeah. i mean i think you know there'd, there'd be it wouldn't be that big of a leap to right to to see what we do and you know you could look at our you know our song titles and, and all that you could drive by right. my house in oklahoma city and and yeah and i think i think part of that you we play into that totally. you know and and that i depending on you know uh, where i'm at i mean i i do look like a Weird eccentric mm. old guy. Well, he looked yeah. like a rock star to me, but yeah. uh, fine yeah. line. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> that's so. what they call rock stars now: weird eccentric yeah, old and, guys. <laughs> and I think there's probably, I mean, there's there's a there's a a desire for those sorts of things out there. I mean, people oftentimes you you love to hear, oh, it's not going as well as as they think it is. Look, it or or this is embarrassing to them or whatever. And um, I think we all kind of liked it, you know. I yeah. mean, we kind of. Um, especially uh, in Oklahoma City, there was always a couple of guys that um, you know. Anytime something would happen, it would always be like, "Oh, good, this is our chance to get Wayne. He's a he's a fake, and all this, and this is going to prove it." <laughs> and, Fuck Wayne! Yeah. yeah, and it would be so. <laughs> we would get such glee out of their, mm, you know, that's and 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 the truth was, I mean, every time they would they would say something, um, they don't realize it, that. You know, this idea that people come to your rescue, you yeah. know, w- when everything is just going well, you, you don't you, you never really know how many how many people out there will 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 come and fight for you and die mm-hmm. for you. And um, anytime anybody would say something about that, there would be so many people would come to my rescue and, and they don't, I, I think that's the part of it they don't realize, you know, it's like, you can, you can say that, but it's, it's going to be better if you say nothing. But I just think it's fun. I mean, yeah. we, we would, we would love all that. Yeah. But you know, that thing of articulating is a, is a weird thing, you know, cause it has a kind of flow to it. And we, and you and I were just saying, oh, it just goes so fast. And you know, your ideas and my ideas, they flow together. And that thing of saying and thinking at the same time is, it's cool. Yeah, it's funny. I, I've read about just uh,
0: what a intense tour bus companion you could be. Probably maybe in the <laughs> old days that this this just in, you were really into this relentless interrogation of your of your seatmate. Does, does that does
1: that match your? Well, I mean, you know, early <laughs> on we would, you know, like like all all groups, you know, you're traveling around mostly, uh, you know, America in a in a van with a couple of people, and you're you know you have long drives ahead, and you're drinking coffee and staying awake and, you know, and, um, you have these long, long sessions, you know, I mean, we would do drives, uh, still do, we'd do drives that are 20 hours long. Of course, nowadays you're on a tour bus and you would just watch a movie and go to sleep. There would be, there'd be no... Uh, you know, you're not you're not trapped with each other, but um, yeah, I mean, early on, we would all be jacked up on you know, on coffee and everything that we could do, and we were younger and testosterone and everything is on your side, you know. Um, but I would say that I am mostly curious that I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not attacking. You You weren't I, being a dick. You were being <laughs> curious. Yeah, yeah. But depending on who you, you would talk <laughs> yeah. to, but I would just say, I'm curious about, you know, why are you doing what you do? Why right. you're saying this, but you're doing that. And and I think we all learned a, a, a lot about e- each other in, yeah. in those times, instead of just simply getting stoned and doing nothing, you know, we would listen to music. We'd talk about music a lot, talk about, you know, our lives and, and we'd analyze each other best we could. And they, yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, some people don't, don't like being in, in the hot seat. <laughs> you didn't see my fingers, the hot seat in quotations. <laughs> um, but a lot of people do, and a, and a lot of people don't know that they like it until um, no one else ever asks them anything about what they're interested in. And, right. You know, being interested in someone is how you're, you show you love them, you know, asking them why do you do what you do is, mm. a, is a way of caring about
0: them. Um, I find your relationship to drugs or often lack thereof very interesting because people, I think, who don't. Who might know your music but don't know much about you might
1: assume that you've been pretty much relentlessly on acid since 1983, right? But right, that, but that yeah, is yeah. far from the.
0: From That's it. Well, it's
1: a, just the opposite, really. I mean, if, especially with with acid, you know. I mean, I've only done it um, a couple of times, and perhaps I could do it now that I'm older. But mm. when I was when I was younger, I couldn't really do any of that s- stuff. I would just get so scared <laughs> and so. I think it. I think. Um, you know losing control would would be the oh my god that would send me into the panic and of course all those those types of drugs make the panic worse and the panic gets worse and before you know it you're just you know you're not having any fun but i think as i've gotten older i've probably been able to um relax a little bit of that or my chemicals aren't so intense anymore and um so i've definitely had more fun with drugs as i've gotten older than i did when i was mm. younger for sure yeah you had one i think they've written
0: about like an infamous horrendous <laughs> acid trip right yeah, yeah 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 well
1: it was i mean like i'd like a lot of people's um acid trips they just go on some of them just go on for a long long time and there's a there's a, a part of the acid trip that you like and there's a part of it where you start to get fatigued and then it just keeps going and and your mind gets so tired and so frustrated and so you know please leave me alone you know and um back in the late 70s when I when I did this long 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 time mm. ago now um the the acid was pretty Potent. But we also, you know, there was there was a um, I forget what the jack in the box. Is that still a fast food? You yeah, know, yeah, place? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it stayed open 24 hours and you could go into the you know, you, you could pull up there at seven o'clock in the morning and get a milkshake and some French fries or whatever. And um, so, of course, we were all hungry, even though we we're still on acid. Um, and for everybody else that was involved in this, this was not horrendous. This was it was fun. Sure. For me, it was, you know, every, everything about it was becoming too much. And um, what, what were you seeing just briefly? I mean, what, what was it? Well, we the... went up to order. You know, the the <laughs> yeah. line was long. Yeah. We must have stayed in this line uh, for an hour. You know, it's like <laughs> it it, every, it was the only place in town that would be open. That long. Went up there to order. And what had happened, and this is this is absurd to think about it today in the way that people deal with human blood and all this. But someone had tried to rob the, the, right. You know, the, you try to remember the way that the, uh, the the drive-ins are set up. There's a place where you get your, they, they take the money, and then a little bit up there is where you get your food. And so someone had tried to rob the first little section. You know, the guy had gone away to get the, you know, to tell the guy to put more French fries in and punched his way through the window and thought he was going to grab the cash register. He's in his car reaching in there thinking he's going to grab the cash register and just grab that whole thing and then they're just going to drive off and he's punched a hole in the window and he's reached in there and it's just really cut his arms and you can see that this is blood that's from you know when you see that really thick fast moving coagulated blood everywhere so we're like four cars back and the and this is this has happened and i'm in this overwhelmed fatigued End of an acid trip state, um, and it's already like, oh my god, there's, there's blood everywhere. He's literally wiping the blood up, you know, while he's taking our order. And my feeling was like, dude, you should just shut down the shop for a couple <laughs> of minutes and get this together. But they're doing business as usual, and so there's blood everywhere. And then we we get our food, and I I look at the French fries as if you know, like, and and they're wiggling around like worms and and it, 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 god you know i mean i kind of get a little bit of a of, a anxiety flashback just, just thinking <laughs> about it yeah i mean the, the sun was coming up back there and i felt like i could hear the pink weird sun behind us and <laughs> you know just gosh you know it all it all just comes back in that kind of uh with some anxiety and stuff, but yeah, yeah, but I don't think everybody else thought it was that bad. I right. think everybody else was like, "This is insane, and then we're going to get to eat some cheeseburgers you know <laughs> it's, did did, the, did those did, did your
0: limited psychedelic experience i assume inform your music for decades to come did
1: did it did it factor in well i i don't I don't think we thought about it in that way, you know, I mean, we never really bought into the idea that you know music and drugs had that big of a, mm. a creative connection anyway. I mean, I I can totally understand where people, um, you know, that are just willing to do crazy stuff would take drugs and make music and do other things associated with right. n- not n- not normal stuff. And, um, and certainly everybody else in my life, you know, my older brothers, my older sister, all their friends, I mean, they did drugs every day every day all the time everything that everybody did was was about drugs and i think you know when we were younger i was i was sitting in the corner drawing and painting and while they would be out doing right you know crazier things that probably um i was probably slightly afraid of but i wasn't that much different from them and that would be the breaking point where Mm. it's like you know they would be doing drugs and i would be Right In the corner, doing my thing, and I think that that world of chaos and drugs and all that, and yet I'm still able to do my little introverted thing. I think that is that's still what i'm what I'm doing now, right
0: that makes sense. You also said that you you later realized you were getting a contact high a lot of times sitting there because after your recent that you smoked some of Milo's weed and you recognized the feeling
1: of panic <laughs> i it, it's true, you know. I it, knowing more now of how what what really potent pot does to my senses. Now I see back then all of my exaggerated worry, all of that, mm. you know, I I would always think oh something bad is about to happen would be because we've been driving around all night smoking you know, smoking pot, and even though I'm not smoking, and I'm in the car with them, and we're, we're all getting hot doing boxes. Stuff. to yeah. say, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was that came as a yeah. great relief because I I do remember st- struggling with that, and always always going to like the worst thing that could happen. I would, I mean, my brothers would have known friends of theirs that were in mm. car accidents or motorcycle accidents, and would have you know had their heads scraped off, and it did the worst things possible. <laughs> and I would always go. Like, oh, well, that could happen to us, you know. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, From that very unfun (laughs) thing,
0: (laughs) I was going to say that listening back to to your earliest stuff, and, and I you know, maybe Matt can find unconsciously screaming uh, from priest-driven ambulance, because listening to some of your earliest stuff, and that's not even the earliest, earliest, that's already (laughs) already fairly developed at that point. But one of the things... I thought, and I don't often have this reaction to listen to music, I I was like, man, it must have been really fun to be in that band. You know, that that sounds like a fun band to play in.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) I mean, you know, especially if you're, I mean, the idea of being a rock star and making money and all that—it's like, well, that that part of it w- wouldn't have played into it. But the idea of being able to, you know, you're 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 writing your own music, you're sort of forging your own identity through your music, and you get to play with that. And then in that period, especially where we first ran into uh, what's become our long-term producer Dave Friedman, and him encouraging us to mm. do stuff—you know, instead of us being embarrassed that, well, we, we, we don't do this thing where, you know, we record in the bathroom and the water's running. Could we do that? He would, he would say, well, of course, let's do that. And, you know, he'd spend three or four hours setting up the microphones and all this stuff and encouraging it all. And I think that shows, I mean, I think it shows as things would happen, he would allow it to happen and he would push us further and help us. And it would be a happy thing that we're doing. And it doesn't take very much for people, uh, especially, you know, sensitive, uh, insecure people, people you don't know if what you're wanting to do is any good or if it's stupid or whatever but to have someone that's so authoritatively saying yes let's do it this is going to be cool and i i agree i think i think oftentimes about that period of the flaming lips and it was you know about 4 or 5 months of just getting to do whatever and nobody i say it again nobody stopped us you yeah. know nothing came in and said Hey, you know, I know you're having fun here, but you have to stop. And it just it just went and went. It's it wonderful. Do, do we have that?
0: It's just be freaking out on guitars and drums and vocals in the studio. That's fun, man. Right, yeah. and,
1: and you know, when we think about all the, the you know, not millions, but there's you know, there's <laughs> so many uh, effects pedals and and plugins and all these things you can do now back then there wasn't that many you know and you'd, you'd have to be slightly you know determined to put you know three or four of them together and make the, you know all these unique and unlistenable you know things come out of your your guitars and stuff <laughs> and yeah I mean I, I sort of felt like we were you know we were doing the thing that you could only do in that time mm. you know previous to that there wouldn't have been this this you know all this stuff available that did and and you know, we some of it we're still coming at it from a very punk rock, non musician sort of way of making music, and then in that period, running into Dave Friedman and Jonathan Donahue, who who uh ended up being in the in the group uh, Mercury Rev, suddenly this, this being influenced by these musicians, and them instead of rejecting us, saying we want you to keep doing your your weird, quirky thing, but we are we'll help you get through some of the music parts of it, and that was <laughs> such a such a lift, you know, to to finally have someone that could understand how you could get from one key to the next and it be something that we'd like as opposed to something that's awkward. And that was that was just beautiful. Yeah.
0: Right, you reminded me of the part of uh, in
1: the movie Get Shorty
0: where he says, "You know, you just put in the commas for in the screenplay, and that will take care of it." Dave Friedman helped me put in
1: the commas, sort of. Well, no, it's very true. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you you're 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 doing this stuff, and then you want there to be in this other flow, the the unknown come in there and say, "Oh, great!" You know, I didn't know where this was going to go, and now it has a, it has some other color to it, has some other shade to it that you, I mean, music. It has to have collaboration. I mean, it's just. It, I mean, I think the best music is this. Your 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 mind on music can handle so much complexity and so much stuff, and it it welcomes you know little surprises and all that. And I think our music has always been made so much better by something injecting into this this thing that we're not doing very well. But then this other thing comes in, and suddenly it becomes. Wow, it's just uncanny how how it got the way it got. You got to fertilize the egg, you know.
0: Um, but uh, we have we have a couple minutes left with Corn. I just wanted to say, what's what's next? I mean, do you have a sense of where you're going on the next album? What what the direction might
1: be? Not really. I mean, what usually happens is we'll we're always doing stuff. I mean, whenever we're you know, I have a studio at my house, and then you know, so we're always always doing stuff, and usually by doing stuff all the time um, you'll stumble upon something that you know we'll all be like well what is that what is this little thing and Stephen is a great you know musical writer and he's always writing stuff and I'm always writing stuff but it's that magic moment where we don't really know how it got the way it got And and Oxy Melody started like that the track Oxy Melody it's there's a track on the album called Oxy Melody as well and it has this little magic Magical mood mm. that I, re- I remember after after we did it um, intrigued us immediately. And then we kept going back to it, kept going back to it. And a year later, we were still like, what what is this? What can we do with this? And it made us try to do other music that was similar, like a piece of music that had this quality. And I don't know if we succeeded all the way, but certainly some of it carries a, a mood, you know. And a- anything with Kesha again, is that ever going to... I hope so. Yeah. You know, she's not as as brave and as confident as, like, a Miley Cyrus. You, you'd think she would be, but she's, you know, she's very much able to be crazy, but she pulls back a lot, and I think the things that happened with her and Dr. Luke and all that, I think it's kind of made her a little less, like, I'm not sure I want to go out there. Freak out with the flammable. Right yeah, now, okay. I I always invite her, though. Yeah. I'm always, you know, every couple of weeks I'll give her a text and, and just say, hey, what are you doing, you know? And so... um Maybe in time. I mean, I, I absolutely love her. And she's, she's, I mean, she, like Miley, I think, is so so great and so talented and so creative. And uh, a lot of the story of what she is, you know, overrides. You know, you just listen to some of the music, you'd, you'd hear it, yeah. And being around her for just a couple of minutes, I mean, the very first time I met her, um, we went to her house in Nashville, and she came out with her own tattoo gun and said, first of all, Let's get some tattoos. And I I said, oh, okay." And her (laughs) assistant quickly came over with a handwritten note that she wrote out as quickly as could. And and I couldn't tell exactly what it said. But after a moment, it said, I won't sue Kesha if my tattoo gets infected and sign it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> on that note, uh,
0: this has—it been didn't uh, <laughs> get infected, luckily. Yeah. yeah, good, good to know. I, I should have asked. But on that note, this has been uh, an excellent, if I may say so, Rolling Stone Music Now <laughs> with uh, Wayne Coyne of, of
1: the Flaming Lips. And thanks so much for being here, Wayne. You were excellent. I, I love this scatter shot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me yeah, too, man. The way my life is. Yeah. So yeah. please
0: uh, come back next week at one p.m. on <laughs> on Volume to listen to more Rolling Stone Music Now and. Download us as a podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to subscribe too. See you next week. Have a great week.